Please stand with me as we get to read. We get to hear from heaven this morning from Psalm 123. Psalm 123, a song of ascents. To you I lift up my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maidservant to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God till He has mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord. Have mercy upon us. For we have had more than enough of contempt. Our soul has had more than enough of the scorn of those who are at ease. Of the contempt of the proud. You may be seated. Well, how's that for a Mother's Day passage of Scripture? I'm sick of the scorn. Had more than enough contempt. This is where we are. Uh, I, the Book of Common Prayer is, is, the, is the prayer book of the Church of England. And in it, there are different occasions in a Christian and a pastor's life where certain prayers uh, have been used. Uh, over the years, I, I think if if there were a mother's edition of the Book of Common Prayer, we would we would see the prayer, "Thank you, Lord, that you have made a mother," and then we would also see this prayer, "Have mercy upon me as a mother." These are common experiences, not just for mothers. The psalmist is speaking on behalf of every Christian. A common experience for every Christian is to be disregarded in this world. And to to have an experience not of leaping for joy, but of weeping in sorrow. And this blues song has good news in it. Psalm 123 will teach us this morning that scorned pilgrims look up till mercy comes down. Songs of ascent are the the songs of the, the nation of Israel while they were making their pilgrimage from wherever they lived, however far away they were from Jerusalem, they were making a pilgrimage up to see the Lord. And Psalm 123 comes to us and teaches us that the pilgrims who are scorned look up until mercy comes down. The first thing I want us to consider from Psalm 123 is this command. This, this quality that pilgrims are to have and looking up for mercy comes to us when we need mercy as a command that we should look up for mercy. And I want to unpack looking up in a couple of ways by thinking about what it does not mean. First of all, whenever you are down, don't look around. Here's the first thing that this means for us this morning. If we're going to follow Christ, if we're making our pilgrimage to heaven and we want to to be with Him face to face in this wilderness that we're wandering through, whenever we are downed in the wilderness, we should not look around. 
Psalm 123 has taken us away from those joys of Psalm 122, of, of life with the Lord in His presence, in His city, and it returns us to the common experience of believers where we are not at ease. Verse 4 speaks about the rest of the world being at ease. We instead are in hardship. There are many moments in the life of a Christian when we have no reason to be self-confident. All of our self-confidence has been destroyed because we've been humiliated. The psalmist is taking us far away from the experience of some people in this world where they feel regarded by others. This is a song sung by those who are rejected. Those who are ridiculed. If you're a Christian, you are acquainted with this experience. You are, like the one you follow, a man of sorrows, or a woman of sorrows. You know what it's like to be downed by life. And, and this being downed or being downcast, being put down, is coming to the psalmist because they are making this pilgrimage, because they are faithful to move to the Lord. That's what they want. And they get pain. And then we get this, ex, this example in verse 2 of servants. We're to learn from servants. When we first... Think about this image of the servant that is always looking at its master. We can misunderstand the image and just be thinking about how servants stand attention to do whatever the master says. The psalm is not about the direction of the ear toward the master's mouth. It is a different image in Psalm 123. It's the image of the servants being wronged and what they do, what their recourse is when they are experiencing hardship. It would have been illegal for house servants to pack heat. No one carried around weapons if you were a servant. That sort of thing was frowned upon. The master, especially if he's a a bad one, didn't want that sort of thing. You can imagine why. But all the servants, whenever they were wronged, they could not seek justice for themselves. Instead, they do what verse 2 says. They would fix their look. This longing of their heart was fixed upon the hand that held everything that they needed. They needed mercy from their master. And the psalmist is teaching us that when our souls need lifting up, what we'll be tempted to do is to look around. But beloved, we're being encouraged by the psalmist not to look around. Don't look around for human help. The psalmist is surrounded by merciless people. If he were to look around for help, He would have to let go of God for them to let up. But more than that, I think we would be encouraged to not look around, not just not at the the human helpers that we look for help from, but don't look around at your humiliation. Here is what this psalm so helped me with this week 
is the psalmist is modeling for us the opposite of what my temptation is. And when I am down, I look around at my humiliation, at the things that are bringing me down. And he says, don't set your eyes on the wrongs that have brought you low. The longing of your heart will be proven in the location of your look. Listen. The longing of your heart will be satisfied depending on the location of your look. It matters greatly what we're looking at when we're low. When you are rejected, when you are seeking to serve the Lord and you're surrounded by people who don't care at all about the Lord and they seem to have a life of ease and you keep getting discouraged, you keep getting denied, you keep getting ridiculed for the very things you're doing to honor the Lord, you need in those moments to make a habit of answering this question, what hand am I looking at? Whose hand am I looking at? You need to ask that question because what you will notice is that your eyes are automatically drawn when you're struggling. They're drawn to your crushing circumstances. And if if that's the hand, if that's what your eyes are fixed upon, if your longing is to receive mercy, you won't get it from those crushing circumstances. They would have to change. And and you can't force them to change. And yet, don't hear the psalmist trying to give us a a Dr. Phil kind kind of encouragement that whenever you're discouraged, you just need to find some way to get your mind off those crushing circumstances. Set your eyes on something else to distract yourself. Now, the distraction that the psalmist have is, has is a holy distraction. It is a faith-filled distraction from his discouragement. He says, don't look around, look up. Look up. So the second thing I want us to consider from this psalm, don't look around, but then also, because of what the psalmist is saying, Don't look down. In other words, just because you cannot look around and see how your help is going to come does not mean you should look down and be downcast as if your help is not going to come, as if you do not have any help. The psalmist, notice how he goes from verse 1 and he's singing this solo to you, I lift my eyes, O Lord. But then in verse 2, he's leading a congregation like David was just leading this congregation. But the psalmist is leading the whole congregation of scorned pilgrims. Verse 2, I and my become us and our. And he's commanding all suffering believers to do something in verse 2. And the first word is, behold. You who look up, look at This truth, behold, when you are down, look as up as you possibly can. Behold, 
worldly servants have worldly helpers. But our eyes look to the Lord our God. That is what distinguishes us, is our look. But he's doing more than just telling us where to look. He's doing more than just telling us where to look. He's reminding us where we look. Not just where to look, but where we're looking matters to the psalmist and how he's going to experience his hardship. Verse 1, we lift up our eyes. That's where, that's to where, but where is it? It's to the one who is enthroned in the heavens. He wants his heart and our hearts to remember that our king rules in the heavens. And if he's way up there in the heavens, that's where his throne is, then what that means is he rules over all the earth. The look of our longing is at the all-powerful hand. The hand that belongs to the one who is sovereign over everything on earth, including the suffering you're experiencing. And if He's over all the earth, the one in heaven is ruling over the one who is scorning you as well. Do not look down. That should mean you never become downcast. That should mean you never lose heart. You can fill your heart with hope if you look up to that hand. This hand that holds all that we need. This hand that cannot be stopped by any other hand. This hand that is controlled by a heart that knows exactly what to do for you and that is controlled by a heart that knows exactly when to do it and will never be late. Now, when you experience this, when you experience devastating discouragement, there are times when you can get so low This is the experience I've had where it's hard to form a prayer. All the psalmist gets out is have mercy. And that is enough. And then he just keeps on saying it. Have mercy, verse 3. Have mercy. Fervent Faith-filled praying can be very short and repetitive. Have mercy. That, that, That was the common prayer, if you remember, that the needy would direct toward Jesus in His earthly ministry. You remember those men who were afflicted with blindness They looked to a hand, and it was the hand of Jesus to heal them. There was that mother who looked to Jesus' hand for mercy for her demon-possessed daughter. And there were so many, son of David, have mercy. It is Jesus' hand, when we read Psalm 123, it is Jesus' hand 
that our eyes, God wants to look to. God wants our eyes to look to Jesus' hand. It is to Jesus that our cries for mercy should go. Jesus is, as we just sang, the King of heaven. He is the one of verse 1. And, and do you remember how He became the King of heaven according to Scripture? It was because He sang Psalm 123. This is the, the heart of the Lord Jesus in His life. He, whenever He was experiencing contempt, the greatest contempt any human has ever experienced on a cross, Jesus took on the words of the Psalms. Remember how Jesus, when He was hanging upon the cross, He was bearing scorn. The proud were circling around Him and they were mocking Him. He who would save God's people can't even save Himself. Jesus, in that moment, was not looking around and He wasn't even looking down. In all of the pain and the suffering on the cross, Jesus did not lose hope in His Father. He was looking up. Jesus cried out, O Lord, my help, come quickly to my aid. And God opened His hand to His Son by opening His Son's grave. And His Son came out. And do you remember how the New Testament describes what He accomplished for us? When God opened His hand to His Son, He was also opening the way of mercy to everyone who would believe in His Son. So that we now can find God as merciful and not merely as the judge of our sins and the destroyer of our souls. But we can find Him as actually merciful if our sins have been paid for. And that is exactly the work that Jesus accomplished on the cross for every believer. Lee just read to us from Luke 18 about these two men One of them exalted, one of them humble. One one of them standing near and boasting, the other one standing far off. One of them, in this case, lifting up his heart in pride about how great he was compared to the other. The other, we were told, did not even, could not even lift his eyes. He could not even lift lift his eyes because his sin had so crushed him so low. All he did was cry out, have mercy on me, a sinner, and God forgave him. Friend, if you would find mercy from God for the ways that the world brings you suffering... The only way that you can have mercy from the Lord is if you were in Christ. And the only way to be in Christ is to be crushed by your own sin. You cannot strut into the presence of a holy God and be thankful that your sin is different than anyone else's. But if you are brought low and cry out, have mercy upon me, a sinner, the Lord Jesus will save you. The second thing I want us to see uh, in this passage, 
look up for mercy is the command. And then there's a qualification that the psalmist gives us. Look up for mercy till He gives it. Point number two really just comes from the end of verse 2. We look up for mercy till He gives it. Scorned pilgrims look up till mercy comes down. It is hard to keep looking up in the midst of scorn. You need to know this about your heart. The more scorn you endure, the harder it will be for you to endure looking up in faith to the Lord and not looking around for another solution or not looking down in despair. The people who are showing contempt to believers, verse 4, are people who are at ease. Just know this. You will be tempted to look away from the Lord's hand. And if you look away from the Lord's hand, you are losing your faith. You are denying the faith because you are no longer looking to Him alone for mercy. You're looking elsewhere or you believe that no mercy can be found. You will be tempted to look away from the Lord's hand when the ones who are bringing hardship upon you feel like they have no need to look up. When all that your scorners and the proud people who mock you, when they have all that they want, All around them, right in front of them, they feel no need to look up. You will wonder, why am I looking up? Being a pilgrim is more painful than being a citizen. Never forget this. The kingdom that we are a citizen of is not of this world. So long as we live before the return of Christ, we are not citizens in the world that we're living in. We are pilgrims, and that will mean that we have pain that the citizens of this world do not experience. But beloved, remember this from the Lord. Streams of mercy flow down. They flow down. Mercy only goes in this one direction, and it tumbles down like roaring rapids on one person, the humble. So if if your experience is one of being exalted in in your work life or exalted in your family and you never experience any kind of hardship like that, that mother who has to cry out, Son of David, have mercy upon my daughter. If you're never experiencing the difficulty of your sin, you're just worried about other people's sin. You're never crushed because of the way that you've hurt other people. You need to know that being exalted in this world is a spiritual disadvantage. God says that you are spiritually disadvantaged if you are up because mercy and God's goodness will never come down to you because you're too high. That means something then if you have the opposite experience. If you are not exalted. If you are scorned. Then the scorn, the scorn, the contempt 
that difficulty that you're asking for mercy from is the only reason you'll get the mercy. The hardship is the funnel that is sending God's mercy down to you. So fight this temptation to disobey God just because all the disobedient people around you seem to have it easy. You remember their ease is only a seeming kind of ease. Judgment is coming. You remember that eternal life we have right now in knowing the merciful Lord. And you can only know a merciful Lord when you need mercy. There's life in the scorn. So keep looking up. I'm trying to give you reasons why you should keep looking up. Why you should not lose heart. Why, when the Son of Man returns, He will find that you actually have faith. We are to keep looking up beyond our fill. Beyond our fill. I can just imagine the psalmist taking one of those surveys. He's walking through the mall. And uh, some guy's got a part-time job, making a few bucks, asks everyone the same questions, and one of the questions to the psalmist is, um, how do you feel about your level of contempt? And the psalmist says, I think I'm good. I think I've had plenty of contempt. More than enough. Verse 3. Verse 4. Our soul has had more than enough scorn. We can get to capacity of contempt. We can get to the capacity of contempt. And when you're feeling full of contempt, your soul can feel so filled with contempt that you don't Find room for anything else in your soul except despair. So that all that you experience, all that you can see, is this, verses 3 and 4, I've had more than enough contempt, and you need to be careful that the contempt does not crowd out your trust. We might think that the psalmist is going too far. I mean, uh, what human should tell God that they have had enough. I mean, we, don't, we don't decide that sort of thing, right? It's not like he says, tell the Lord when you've had enough and He'll send mercy down. We don't decide when enough is enough. The psalmist knows that, though. Don't you see that? The psalmist knows who is in charge. He's already said it in verse 1. I'm just the servant of heaven's king. He will decide how much. He will decide when. But this is what I'm going to do when I feel like I've got... I'm to capacity of contempt. When your soul is filled with scorn, then, more than ever, you need hands that are full of mercy. When your soul is full of scorn, what you need, then, more than ever, is a hand that is full of mercy. And the psalmist then teaches us, the Lord has designed it this way. 
He wants you to experience His mercy. And therefore, when you are scorned, you look up to Him because open eyes open the Lord's hand. Open eyes open the Lord's hand. When eyes, when your eyes have been lifted up by the scorn, not lifted up other ways, but when your eyes are lifted up by scorn, those eyes will see mercy come down. Look up, he says, till mercy comes. This week, I was just stunned in my just regular Bible reading. And I was going through 1 Chronicles 21. And in 1 Chronicles 21, remember that this is the, the scenario where Satan has tempted David to take a census to count the people of Israel. God had commanded him, don't do that going to show off how many people you've got. David does it anyway. He ignores the Lord. And then the Lord judges him. He sees this, of course, and he comes and he gives David options for what kind of judgment he should give. This multiple choice. One of the choices is you can have the sword carried by humans and they'll come, your enemies will come against you, David and your people. Or the other option is I'll carry the sword and I'll bring the sword against you and your people. I was stunned as I was reminded what choice David made. Can you, can you just put yourself in David's situation? If you were given a choice from the Lord, do you want to be punished by humans or by the Lord? What would you choose? David said, let me fall into the hand of the Lord. Let me fall into the hand of the Lord. You pick up the sword and you turn the sword against me for your mercy is very great. Mercy will come to all of God's children because the Lord is merciful. That is who He is. He is full of mercy for His children. This is not, I mean, if you're, if you're not David, if you're, if you're not like David and believing in the Lord, you don't, I mean, you take the first option. Because the Lord will never turn back the sword if you have not trusted in Christ. But if you have trusted in Christ, you know Him as the one who is merciful. And that's what you need to convince your heart with when you're experiencing contempt. Because listen, contempt is very convincing. Contempt is very persuasive. When the circumstances of your life make you to feel like you are nothing to nobody, the more it happens the more comprehensive it can feel. And you start to really believe that your pain means nothing even to God. He's heard me cry again and again and the scorn is still there. Whenever you experience hatred, you need to learn what the psalmist is teaching. Your hope is going to be threatened And what you need to remember is this truth. 
in comparison to God, I am worthless. Is that encouraging? In comparison to God, who is holy and righteous and clean, I am a worm who is not worth His regard. I am worthy of His contempt and He has not held me in contempt. He is not like the proud who are all around me, who keep looking down on me even though they are not above me. I've got a king who is way up there and he is more worthy than me and he did not treat me like I was worthless. This is what Paul says, even when you were dead in your trespasses, he was rich in mercy. Even when you were dead in your trespasses, because of the great love with which he loved you, he gave his son. Beloved, you need to remember when the people are calling you worthless that you are in the eyes of God. You should be worthless. And he thought you were worthy to save. Not because of anything in you. The Son of God became the Lamb of God to make you worthy of God. To make you into something that you are not. But something happened whenever Jesus did this. He emptied The Lord's heart of wrath toward you. His contempt is empty toward you. So that His hand is full of one thing, if you are in Christ. All that He holds, all that He gives is mercy. David says, let the sword, let me Fall into your hand, O Lord. And then the Lord judged David and the people of Israel. And then when he was approaching David's home in Jerusalem and the capital of God's people, the Lord said to his angel who was bearing the sword, It is enough. He is full of mercy. Even his hand of discipline is filled with mercy. We meet the merciful Lord in scorn. My boys have, um, their room has these windows that are facing uh, the, the, the street in front of our house and also our driveway. And whenever uh, Kelly goes to Tuesday night um, ladies' Bible study, uh, my boys, uh, I'll watch them through the monitor and I can see them, they're peering out of the blinds um, the whole time. And and they should be sleeping, uh, but they're talking to each other. They're playing little games with each other. But they're, they're, their eyes are on the driveway the entire time. And when I say the entire time, if you know the ladies of our church, you know that they love one another and they love the Bible. They're, she's gone for hours and hours. But they wait till... What our boys are wanting in that moment more than anything is to hug mommy. So they wait till. What those boys are wanting more than anything in that moment is to see that their beloved mother is safe. When they see her drive in, they'll start yelling out to me, can we hide? They want to scare her and bring her joy. I guess they think that's scaring is bringing joy. 
but they're doing this out of love for her. People who only throw glances at God are only pretending to trust Him. People who only throw glances at God are only pretending to trust Him. Confidence in the character of the Lord shows itself in patience, in prayer. The question is, when Jesus says, hear the unrighteous judge and then compare my father to him. The question is, what kind of character are you confident the Lord has? And if you are confident that the Lord is merciful, you will be patient in prayer. What I'm doing is I'm making much out of one word that we find at the end of verse 2. It's the word till. It's a word of certainty. It's a word of patience. It's a word of certain patience, of being patient because you're certain. Beloved, you may have to wait till Christ gets up from His throne and comes back to take you out of this world of contempt, but hold on till. This is why the old saints, I think, use the phrase, hold on. They're holding on in prayer like Jacob was holding on until God answered. Hold on till. When you're tempted to look down or look around, keep looking up till. I don't know when the Lord is going to give me mercy. I do know that He is going to give me mercy. Scorned pilgrims, look up till mercy comes down. Father in heaven, we know that mercy can come down to us in the experience of our life. Mercy will come down to us fully and finally when Christ returns and He brings us up. But none of this would have ever happened if mercy did not come down to us in the Son of God coming down to us to accomplish our mercy by dying for us on a cross and being raised for our salvation. Lord Jesus, You are the King. And when we have experienced enough of contempt, we pray that even then we would keep holding on until mercy comes down. For the glory of your name, we pray that you would have trust in our hearts. Amen.